Church. How you doing? My name is Nathan, and I'm one of the pastors here. Before we jump in, will you join me in welcoming our campuses that are watching all over New Jersey and those online? What's up, guys? Welcome. So glad you guys are here. If you are new, this is your first time here. Every August, we do a series called At the Movies, where we explore spiritual truth behind some of the biggest blockbusters in Hollywood. And I often get the question, so where'd you guys get the idea for this? Like, where'd it come from? And I tell people, Jesus. Because Jesus' favorite way of teaching was through a medium called parables, where he would look at stories that were happening in the culture, or he would kind of make some observations and connect them to deeply spiritual truths called the kingdom of God. And so we believe the same thing. We believe that we are made in the image of God, and so as image bearers of God, the things that we make have his, his fingerprints all over them. And so there's a spiritual truth that we can actually grab hold of in the movies that we make in culture today. And so last week, Pastor Tim did an amazing message on the movie A Star is Born, a tragic movie, beautiful movie, where we talked about addiction and how through Christ we are now a new creation. I know many of you came forward for prayer, um, experiencing uh, God's touch, his peace, his breakthrough. Now today we're going to be wrapping up our series by looking at a movie that maybe we normally wouldn't do. It's a movie called Free Solo. Anyone seen Free Solo? Okay, a few of you have. Uh, this is actually a documentary. I saw it a couple weeks ago with my kids. Not normally a movie that we'd see as a family. Like, I'm more into, like, the Marvel movies. My wife likes the rom-coms and, you know, the Hallmark movies. My kids really love, like, you know, cartoons and those kind of things. And so this was kind of different because it was a documentary about rock climbing, specifically looking at a guy named Alex Honnold. Now, Alex is a rock climber, but he does a very specific kind. Only 1% of rock climbers do this. It's called free solo climbing which means he doesn't use a safety rope. He's climbing without a rope, and he's kind of has to depend on his own wits and his own ability. And so in this documentary, it actually looks at him in his attempt to scale El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. Now, if some of you are going, I know that picture. Where have I seen that before? If you've ever owned a Mac in the past few years, that was the picture on your desktop when you first got it. It was, you know, I think like Yosemite like operating system or something like that. And so Alex is on this journey, and so he's got close friends of his who are also filmmakers, and they're also professional climbers that are all with him so they can document this historic attempt at climbing El Capitan without a rope. Or they're going to capture their friend falling through the frame to his death. This is Free Solo. Does it feel different to be up there without a rope? It's obviously like much higher consequence. 
People who know a little bit about climbing, they're like, oh, he's totally safe. And then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out. I've thought about all cap like for years, and every yeah. year I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. El Cap is the most impressive wall on Earth. It's 3,200 feet of sheer granite. It's the center of the rock climbing universe. Obviously, I get interview questions about it all the time. Oh, would you like to do that? And you're like, yes, for sure. So you're a girlfriend now, I heard. It's awesome. <laughs> Pretty much makes life better in every way. It's really hard for me to grasp why he wants this. But if he doesn't do this stuff, he'd regret it. Everybody who has made free soloing a big part of their life is dead now. I haven't been injured in like seven years. I suddenly start getting injured all the time. What if something happens? <laughs> what if I don't see him again? I could just walk away, but it's like, I don't want to. I've always been conflicted about shooting a film about free soloing just because it's so dangerous. It's hard to not imagine your friend falling through the frame to his death. I think when he's free soloing, that's when he feels the most alive, most everything. How can you even think about taking that away from somebody? No mistakes tomorrow. Starting to get kind of psyched. If you're pushing the edge, eventually you find the edge. I can't believe you guys are actually going to watch. Hey, Jimmy, do you copy? Just started climbing. Man, I can feel the anxiety in the room right now, right? Wow. It's like you get dizzy just watching that. And, you know, for Alex, you know, this is a beautiful movie about how Alex is kind of relating to his girlfriend, to his family, his friends. And then you've got these breathtaking views of the scenic um, mountains all at Yosemite Park. It's really a beautifully shot movie. And for Alex, as a free solo climber, he has two options. Either he perfectly executes or he dies. And so for Alex, he's got to put his trust and his confidence in his ability to scale the mountain, in his experience, in his preparation, and all those things. You see, what we call trust and confidence, the Bible has a word for, and that word is faith. And faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Because when we talk about taking a leap of faith, we're talking about taking a risk, putting ourselves on the line, maybe accomplishing something we could never do on our own, but we know we're going to go for it. We know we're going to take that step that seems impossible because we know that God has got our back. That's what we mean by faith. In fact, this is the kind of faith that Jesus talks about in the book of Mark. Mark was one of Jesus' biographers, and if you have a Bible or if you have our Liquid Church phone app, you can open that up right now and follow along with me. But here Jesus is teaching his disciples about what real faith is, how faith is this epic thing. It's, it's attempting something bigger than you were made for, knowing that God's got your back, because faith equals risk. You can't take the two apart. 
Now, when I say risk, I'm not talking about stupid risks that maybe we do out of ego or kind of for our own kind of, you know, uh, you know to get something out of it, but the type of risks that's going to stretch us out of our comfort zone, that's going to push us out of uh, places of lethargy or places where we've kind of gotten used to things so that we can actually develop who God made us to be, so that we can actually develop for the sake of others and help other people as well. That's the kind of faith that Jesus is talking about here, but it's risky faith. And so he sits with the disciples, and they have this view of the temple mount, which is the mount where the temple is, and he says these words to his disciples. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. For sure, I tell you, a person may say to this mountain, move from here into the sea, and if he does not doubt, but believes that what he says will be done, it'll happen. Because of this, I say to you, whatever you ask for when you pray, have faith that you will receive it, then you will get it. So Jesus is with his disciples, and they're looking at the Temple Mount. And the Temple Mount's about 2,400 feet, and Jesus is talking about this mountain that's bigger than you could ever imagine. El Cap, or El Capitan, is 3,200 feet, almost about 1,000 feet higher than the Temple Mount. Is there a mountain in your life that's so big it dwarfs everything else in comparison? Is there a problem that you're facing? Is there a challenge before you that's so big and so intimidating that it kind of seems like overwhelming to think about? You can't even get your mind around it. It seems like it's something that makes you want to shrink back. See, those are the mountains that come into our lives that we need to face with faith. You know, when we become Christ followers, there is a faith component to that. We need to put our faith and our trust and our confidence in Jesus. But it also takes faith to be a disciple, to continue to walk with Jesus day in, day out. And when we experience the challenges that we face in our lives, we need that kind of faith to move forward in the journey. You see, more than anything else, what this passage teaches us is if those of us who are Christ followers, we are called to be mountain movers. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a mountain mover. You're a mountain mover. You're a mountain mover. And if you want to be a mountain mover, live out the destiny that Christ has for you, I want to go through four steps. Four steps that we can take today from this passage to begin to move the mountains in our lives, the obstacles that are insurmountable, the issues and the problems that are coming before us. And the first is this, is you have to identify your mountain. You have to identify your mountain. For Alex Hanold, he identified the mountain. It was El Cap. El Cap was a mountain that he wanted to not just climb, but free solo, because he'd climbed it about 40 times with ropes, but this time he was going to climb it without a rope. But what was it about El Cap that captured his imagination, that grabbed a hold of his attention? One of Alex's mentors is a guy named Tommy Caldwell. Tommy is a world expert at mountain climbing, and so what Tommy does is he actually tells us what Alex's fascination is with El Cap. Check this out. I understand why Alex is obsessed. El Cap has obsessed generations of climbers. I think it was first climbed in 1958 by Warren Harding, and it took them 46 days over 16 months because they couldn't do it continuously. They had to drill bolts into the granite and pull themselves up. And then ever since then, it's been the center of the rock climbing universe. I've spent 20 years of my life climbing El Cap, but I never do it without a rope. There's no margin for error. Imagine an Olympic gold medal level athletic achievement that if you don't get that gold medal, you're gonna die. 
that's pretty much what free soloing LCAP is like. You have to do it perfectly. See, for climbers in this world, LCAP is the center. LCAP is the one that everyone is pushing towards. They're trying to get to. But for Alex, as a free solo climber, more than anything else, he wants to do something that no one else has ever done before, which is actually climb up the face of El Cap, pure granite, just go all the way to the top. And for him, he seems like he's an achiever. He wants to achieve this. It's the challenge that kind of stokes the flames for him, that him makes him want to do it. Maybe for you, your challenge, your mountain, it's not El Cap. Maybe the mountain that you need to move is something more practical, more personal in your life. Maybe for some of you, that mountain is sobriety. Last week, Pastor Tim talked about finding victory in addiction, and over the past week, you're like, I'm seven days clean. I'm seven days clean since I picked up a drink. I'm seven days clean since I've used drugs. I'm seven days clean since I've looked at pornography. But now I'm thinking, I've got to do another seven days of this, and then another seven weeks, and seven months, and seven years, and and you're kind of maybe freaking out a little bit, like, how can I climb this mountain? seems so big and so insurmountable. How do I do it? Or if it's not the mountain of sobriety, maybe it's the mountain of your career, mountain of maybe your schooling. I was talking to someone who said, you know, Nathan, my life was all about getting into med school. I worked and I trained as hard as I could, and I put my application, and it came back with the word rejection on it. And I'm not sure what to do. Is my climb over? Am I done? Or do I need to scale another mountain? Or do I need to put my application back in again and start climbing again from the bottom? You see, our mountains can look like all sorts of things. In our families, they look different. Maybe as, you, as the fall is hitting and school is starting, you're like, okay, I got to get my kid back to school, and they've got some learning difficulties, and they've got some learning mountains that they need to climb, that they need to overcome, and their mountains become your mountains. And it can offer all sorts of anxiety and stress. But I think some of you are thinking, man, I wish, I wish that was my mountain. I wish that I had kids where I could have that mountain because... Your mountain's infertility. You've tried IVF, you've tried adoption, fostering, nothing seems to come through, and you're like, I know God wants us to have a family. I, I know that's our destiny, but why is this obstacle in the way? Why is this mountain here? And you're not sure how to move it and how to throw it into the sea, but it's there. For our family, our mountain's a money mountain. It's a, it's a financial mountain. For the past 10 years, we've been trying to get out of debt, and we have a goal. Okay, in the next two years, we're going to try to do that, get out of all of our student loans and credit card debt, and just have to pay for our mortgage. But there's still so much of that mountain left to climb that it's a little overwhelming. And we're wondering, how can we do it? But the thing is, you have to identify your mountain. So right now, I want you to think, what's your mountain? What's the problem? What's the issue? What's the obstacle that seems insurmountable that you're like, I don't know how we're going to get a hold of it. I don't know how we're going to get over it unless God shows up. Identify your mountain. And once you've gotten the first step, you know what your mountain is. It brings you to the second step, which is to pray and prepare. You need to pray and prepare so that you can get over this mountain. Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, have faith. Have faith in God. For sure, I tell you, a person may say to this mountain, move from here into the sea. Now, I want you to look at that phrase, move from here into the sea. It's actually in the Greek, it's in the passive. So really what it says is, be moved into the sea, meaning you don't tell the mountain and you don't move the mountain yourself. You actually talk to the mountain mover and he moves the mountain, amen? 
See, Jesus is trying to teach about prayer, and so he gets to the bottom line. He says this, whatever you ask for when you pray, have faith that you will receive it, and then you will get it. See, this idea of faith, this trust and this confidence in God is really the center point of prayer. Because when you're praying to the mountain mover, the mountain isn't so big anymore. When you're focused on the problem, when you're focused on the challenge, and all you see is the mountain, you can't see the mountain mover, you can't see any hope, you can't see anything beyond that. But if you are praying and you're looking to the mountain mover, the mountain starts to shrink, amen? The mountain doesn't look so scary, amen? The risk doesn't seem so overwhelming because you know that the mountain mover's got your back. He can take that mountain and throw it into the sea without you doing anything to it. See, that's the power of prayer, but a kind of prayer that keeps pushing, a persevering prayer. Well, let me, you know, when I look at Alex Handel's story, it took him about two years, two years before he climbed or attempted to climb El Cap. I just want to ask an honest question. How many of us have ever spent two years praying for anything? Yeah, a few of us have. Look around at the folks who've got their hands up. These are the men and women that can mentor you in persevering prayer because they see the impact of prayers that keep on praying over and over again. They know what it's like to keep praying. Yeah, give God a praise because he is the one that initiates us to pray. He's the one that initiates us to keep going. This is the kind of prayer that Jesus says is the kind that moves mountains. Look what Jesus says in Matthew. He says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. So what Jesus is saying this, you got to keep on keeping on. Don't stop praying. Keep praying again and again and again until something happens. Pray bold prayers, not weak prayers. Pray the kind of prayers that will knock down mountains, that will knock down the challenges. Approach the throne of grace with boldness. That's the kind of prayers that God is calling you and I to pray in the face of the mountains and the challenges and the difficulties in our life. I was talking to a friend of mine who told me she had been praying for her daughter for 16 years that she could have a baby. And she said, about five years ago, my daughter and her husband, they gave up. They said, I guess it's not God's will for us to have children. So she prayed behind their back. (laughs) When they weren't looking, she was praying. And she said, this past March, my daughter was pregnant, and they're expecting their first child this December. Praise God, right? The power of persevering prayer. The power of prayer that says, I'm not going to give up. Everyone else can give up, but I'm not going to give up. But you know what? There's some people in your life that God is saying, you need to pray for your friend. You need to help them move the mountain. They don't have the faith yet. They're stumbling, but your prayers, your persevering prayers are going to move the mountains for your son, for your daughter, for your coworkers. God's challenging you to take up the mantle, pray for them to move the mountains that they themselves can't move on their own. See, that's the prayer that God is calling you and I to lean into. But it's not just prayer, it's also preparing. I loved uh, when I was watching this movie how Alex spent months and months, maybe even years, preparing to climb El Cap. In fact, uh, he brought in his good friend, Tommy Caldwell, who was the world expert at El Cap, and he really wanted to prepare himself in two ways. The first way is mentally. He wanted to mentally prepare himself to go up this mountain, find kind of a mind map up it, and then also physically prepare himself so he had the muscle memory so that he could get up that mountain without it kind of phasing him. So I want you to check this out of Alex preparing for his climb. Watch this. If the ultimate dream is to solo El Cap, then I need a good map of what that will take, you know, like a, a mental image of what the hard parts are, where they are, what they will entail. 
If I'm going to do it, Freerider seems like the best route. But the boulder problem has a 10-foot section that's incredibly difficult. It's a very intricate sequence. You've got your right hand on a crimp, left hand on a side pull, and then you put your right foot onto this dimple thing. Right hand goes up to a small down pulling crimp, left foot goes into a little dish, and then you drive up off the left foot into the thumb press. That's the worst hold on the entire route, so you get maybe half your thumb on the hold. Then you roll your two fingers over the thumb, switch your feet, left foot stems out to this really bad sloping black foothold. Switch your thumbs. And then reach out left to a big sloping bread loaf type hold that feels kind of grainy. From there, either karate kick or double dino to an edge on the opposite wall. In some ways, it makes more sense to do the big two-handed jump because you're jumping to a good edge, so there's actually something to catch. But the idea of jumping without a rope seems completely outrageous. If you miss it, that's that. That's that. Told you, this is intense. That's why Alex has to take all that time to prepare. And so, you know, when you're climbing a mountain like El Cap, there are dozens and dozens of ways mountains, uh, mountain climbers can go up this mountain. So for Alex, he brings in his buddy Tommy, who's actually traced all of those routes, and they pick the best route, which is Freerider. And so with Freerider, they've mapped it out. They know the pitches and the slabs and all the different ways the rocks are formed and how they kind of fit together. So that's basically the map that they've got to go by. But then the next thing Alex does is he has to practice. He's got to practice every single handhold and where he puts his foot and how his thumb goes here and goes, the fingers go over the thumb. Literally every single movement is choreographed. Every single movement that he makes is practiced, it's rehearsed, it's memorized. So that when he is on that mountain, the muscle memory kicks in from his experience and he's in a better chance to free solo it without a rope because if he's, there's no chance if he jumps next time and misses, he's done. The preparation piece is crucial and essential for his success. You know, and oftentimes I think about us as Christ followers, and I'll even put myself in this category, I think we can be guilty of magical thinking. We kind of think like, you know, God, I want to start a business. Can you make it happen, God? Or, you know, God, I want to get into a, a long-term relationship. Can you make that happen, God? I, I want to write a book. I want to start a podcast. You fill in the blank. We kind of throw out these prayers, but then we don't do anything about it. We just kind of pray and let, leave it out there. What if, along with your prayer, you actually did something as well? See, what if you actually got a, a finger in the foothold and you started to climb the mountain that God has put in front of you? You see, I think so often we blame God for not moving the boulders, for not making us more like this, or giving us these opportunities, but we haven't taken a step of faith. We haven't taken the risk. We haven't leaped yet. And so we blame God, but yet we have not done anything to move forward in that direction. If you have a dream of starting your own business, maybe at the end of the day when you work at the job that you hate, you put your kids to bed, maybe you work on a business plan, 
for that next phase. Or maybe you dream of being in a relationship, of, of finally getting married, but you know, the, the websites aren't working, the apps aren't working. Maybe you need to find a new set of friends and new circles of, of, gr- of groups of people to hang out with. Join a small group. Stop swiping right. You know, find people that you can actually, that are worth being with, that are worth marrying, that have that material. Or if you want to write a book, maybe you start with a blog post. You write a blog post a week, and now you've got 52 posts, at least, that you can use now to, to, to have a book or, or many books. You know, my, for my wife and me, when we are still trying to get out of debt, we're trying to figure out how to do that, we actually enrolled in a class called Financial Peace University, which really helped us make a budget and start kind of getting out of debt. In fact, if you're looking for a, a kind of some way to get a, kind of get a foothold in your finances, this is a great class. We offer it every fall. You can keep an eye out for it. But this gave us a plan to kind of go after our debt, to put a plan together. So we've seen progress over 10 years, and we still have more to go. In other words, here's what, here, let me summarize it this way. Pray like it all depends on God, because it does. But then plan like it all depends on you, because it does. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, it's all God. No, turn back and say to that person, no, it's all you. <laughs> all right, guys, stop fighting. It's both, okay? It's a both and. It's all God and it's all you. We start praying in faith and we start getting direction, saying, all right, this is the direction that God wants us to go, but we've got to take those steps. We've got to take the risk. We've got to push out of our comfort zone so that we can see God meet us in those places. So we've got to pray like it all depends on God because it does, but then we've got to plan and actually prepare like it all depends on us. It is a partnership. So let me ask you this. In the mountains that you're facing today, have you been praying through them? Have you been bringing the supernatural power of God slamming into the mountains that are before you? And are you preparing for the climb? Sometimes we do one or the other. Maybe it's time you actually find a way to weave them both in together. What's that look like? See, to move the mountains in your lives, you got to identify the mountain. You got to make sure it's the mountain that God wants you to move. And you do that by praying and preparing as you're hoping that God will kind of give you direction in that. But then there's a third step, which is the step that we don't want to really deal with, and that's to embrace setbacks. Because there will be setbacks. You know, and it doesn't matter how spiritual you are, how much you pray, how much you're walking in faith, and how much you're walking in the Spirit, you will experience setbacks. If you're walking in victory over addiction, you may relapse. If you're trying to get into the school of your dreams, you might get a rejection notice. Your key client will all of a sudden leave, creating a hole in your revenue streams. Whatever it may be, there will be setbacks, and our setbacks can really do two things, and it's really up to us. We have a choice. We can either let our setbacks set us back, and we doubt God's call and his plan for our lives, or they can be an opportunity to push forward in faith. Let me look what Jesus says. He says this, I tell you, a person may say to this mountain, move from here into the sea, and if he does not doubt, let's all say that with me, church, does not doubt, but believes that what he says will be done, it'll happen. You see, there will always be setbacks. You have a spiritual enemy that will do whatever it takes to bring you down. There are things that are out of your control. The economy could change. A hurricane could hit. You don't know what's going to happen in your lives or outside of your control that will create some setbacks in your lives. But you have a choice. The choice is you can let those setbacks lead you to doubt and you stay stuck in doubt, or 
you can say, all right, there's a setback here, but clearly God is doing something in this, and I need to push forward in faith. I need to persevere. Like for our family, you know, we just got a big car bill that's a setback in our goal of kind of paying down our debt, and it stinks. But we still have to believe, all right, even though there's a setback, God, clearly we're not going to be able to pay stuff down as fast as we want, but you're at work in this. You're, you're doing something in this. You're, you're teaching me to push through. You're teaching me how to persevere. Even in the movie, Alex Handled, he experiences some setbacks. He actually starts to get injured. In fact, in this one freak fall, he actually injures his ankle. And his ankle's pretty bad. He's got some torn ligaments in there. And in this type of climbing, you need to have a strong ankle. Because you never know what foothold, you know, if your ankle's not strong enough, you could be in trouble. But look how Alex deals with his setbacks. Watch this. It's like, it looks so much better today than yesterday. But, let's see. Oh. I probably fell about 30 feet. We're up there, we're roped up, Sonny's belaying me, and then just fell off, I don't know. Just, I don't even know how, I just like fell off. Show me how much you can go up and down on it's, your own. It's like, you know. I can worry as much as I want internally, but if he doesn't do this stuff, he'd regret it. You see, Alex, he's got this injury, and what does he do? He gets back on the climbing wall in his boot. He could have let this setback be his way. I was like, listen, guys, I keep getting hurt. I don't want to chance this. You know, I've got this great relationship. I really want to invest. He, had, he could have used this as a way out. But instead, he pressed forward. He kept going. In fact, I love... What Jesus says, he says, if he does not doubt, but believes that what he says will be done, it's going to happen. I think so many of us, we give up at the first sign of setback. We, we get the setback, we're like, all right, I'm done. Clearly this is going to be too much work, more work than I have and more uh, energy than I have to give. I just need to give up and do something else, do something that I'm good at. But what if the setback is really God setting us up for something else? What if the setback is actually God testing you to see if you can push through and handle the next phase of the destiny he's preparing you for? Guys, God is not calling you to shrink back, but actually to push forward in the midst of setbacks. Maybe you finished your business plan, and you're like, okay, I had this financier set up, but then all of a sudden they dropped out. That's a setback. Get another financier. Keep going. You're in a relationship with someone, and you've been together for a month, and you're like, this is, gonna, this is it. This is going somewhere. Then all of a sudden they break your heart. Does that mean that you stop and you give up? No. Keep your heart open. Keep your heart soft. And, and keep building relationships and friendships with other people. Or, or maybe it's, it's, it's that book. It's like you finally got that blog post written, and then all of a sudden someone rips it apart online. Do you give up or do you keep going? See, that's the challenge that we face. When you are a mountain mover, you will experience setbacks. You can't move forward unless you experience setbacks. But when you experience those setbacks, you got to start climbing. You got to keep going. Because the setbacks are coming, but you got to climb. See, in the documentary, Alex actually started climbing. He starts climbing up the mountain, and he, and he gets to the center of it, and he starts to slip. He starts to freak out because all of these cameramen have been kind of watching him, and he's like, the pressure's too much. So he, he takes a break for a couple months. Sometimes we need to retreat before we go back in. And then the spring comes, and he's ready to try again. And so 
In this next clip we're going to see, we're going to see Alex say goodbye to his girlfriend as he's about to make the climb of his life. It's not for the faint of heart, but check this out. I don't, uh, the whole like saying goodbye thing, I'm like, I'll probably see her in like five days or something. It's not like goodbye, it's just goodbye for a few days. You know, I mean, there's just that like weird thought of like, don't freaking let that be our last hug or whatever. You know, like I shouldn't be having that thought. <laughs> Of like, what if something happens? Like, what if I don't see him again? <laughs> You're like, why do you want to do this? Like, it's a totally crazy goal. Hey, Jimmy, do you copy? This is Jimmy. He just started climbing. It is so slippery right there. This is where he bailed. Just did the karate kick. He's got it. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is way too gnarly. Oh my god. Did it. Jesus. He just sent the boulder problem. Good. He must be so stoked. Yeah, that's kind of exposed right there. Oh my god, it's so exposed. 
that a rep move as he stepped around has got to be, I mean, that's like one of the most exposed moves like anywhere on El Cap. And you just step out and it all drops away. Alex is having the best day of his life. <sighs> I don't know. Not me. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, no, this is it. I don't, we don't need to do this again. <laughs> yeah, no. It's over now. Oh, God, it's done. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God, I can't believe what I just witnessed. Oh, God. <laughs> Who feels relieved right now? <laughs> well, listen, that's how Alex Hanel became the first human being on planet Earth to scale the face of El Capitan in three hours. Three hours. All of that perseverance, all of the work, the practice, the mental mapping, all of those things came together so he could accomplish this great task. Think about the mountains in your life how big they are, how overwhelming they can be. And remember the words of Jesus, I tell you, a person may say to this mountain, move from here into the sea, and if he does not doubt, but believes that what he says will be done, it'll happen. Listen, I don't want you leaving here thinking, man, that's a great movie. I can't wait to watch it on Prime at home. I actually want you leaving here thinking, what's my mountain? And if Alex can climb El Cap and take the preparation he needed to do it, I can overcome the mountains in my life. <laughs>
Amen? I can overcome the mountains of unemployment. I can overcome the mountains of caring for kids. I can overcome the mountains of health issues. Whatever your mountain is, God has given you everything you need for life and godliness to deal with it, to work through it, to fight through it. And the key is faith. To put your trust and your confidence in Him. Not your own abilities, not your own knowledge, but in who God is. You know what no one says in this movie is that Alex had been dreaming about climbing El Cap for about nine years. He'd been planning and prepping for nine years before he got to that point where he's hugging his best friend Jimmy at the top saying, we did it. Can I ask you something? What might be different in your life a decade from now if you took one step today? You know how you climb El Cap? One step at a time. What step can you take today that can make things different in 10 years? It begins by taking that step today because you are a mountain mover, church. That is how God sees you. Identify your mountain. Pray, prepare, know that setbacks are coming, but you got to start climbing. You got to start climbing. Focus on that next step, that next hand, hold and take it. Whatever your mountain is, God's saying it's time to move it. Here's what I want to do. We need to take our time right now to declare that. Amen? We need to declare that we are a mountain-moving people because we worship a mountain-moving God. Amen? So across all our campuses, will we stand right now? I want to pray for you. I don't know what your mountain is, but I want to pray for that mountain. And in that moment, I want to take some time to actually worship and declare that we have a God who has made a promise, and His promise still stands in the face of the mountain. Amen? Holy Spirit, would you come right now? We know that you're here, but would you manifest your presence? Would you give us faith? Faith is a work of the Spirit. So God, would you give us faith to believe the impossible, to seek after the impossible, to go after the impossible, because you are a mountain-moving God, and you have called us to be mountain movers. We say to this mountain, be moved into the sea. In the name of Jesus, we all say, in his mighty and awesome and all-powerful name, amen. amen.